Yeah. What is your district? Other than, um, other than so from Temecula, all the, oh, you mean like the number geographical? Oh, the number 28. 28th. Okay. So from Temecula, it goes east west from Temecula all the way up to the Arizona border. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blythe is the very end. And if you can like have one foot in Blythe and then put your foot yeah. over the line and you're in Arizona. I used to date her, by the way, when I was in high school. I dated Blythe. Okay. Totally different person. <laughs> I hate her. <laughs> totally. She owes, me, she owes me money. She owes um, me money. Of course she does. <laughs> joining us today we're here with um state senator melissa melendez representing your the, favorite senator she is and i got a good story about that by the way mm. i um uh, representing the 28th 28th district yep 28th where where is that uh, that that goes all the way out to arizona yeah so riverside okay. county goes from temecula all the way east to Blythe to the arizona border wow cool. i didn't know it went that far i didn't know you went yeah. all the way to arizona i bet you have a lot of fans in arizona I know I have a lot of fans in Arizona. They <laughs> wish they lived in my district. <laughs> you are. Um, can I tell a little story about the first time I met you? You probably don't remember this. I remember oh, it because I use this story often. Are you going to embarrass me? Are you going to embarrass um, me? It's actually more of an embarrassment on me. Oh, okay. Um, oh, then go ahead. Please, yeah. by all means. <laughs> so I was, in the I was in the conference room at a firm that I had worked at before, and um, you walked in, and mm -hmm. I had never met you before, and you were a candidate. And you walked in and I was like, oh my God, you look like my first ex-wife. <laughs> and you were, like, you were like, so oh, how did yeah. it end? <laughs> I was yeah, like, I was really horrified. Bad. Right. I was horrified. Because when I found that out, I thought, oh great, I remind him of his ex-wife. He hates me now. Good. He's yeah. going to try to kill all my bills. Yeah. I, that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I quickly I like, changed my hairstyle. So <laughs> Yeah, you changed your hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that did not end well. The good thing is mm. she didn't murder me. So there is well, that. That's that's positive. You know, you couldn't have been that bad if she didn't murder you. So. Yeah, she didn't murder me, but we got off to a great start. Um, but yeah, I always remember that. You walked in and I was like, it's Amy. Isn't that weird? I have a lot of, I must look like a lot of people because I get that a lot. People, some people used to say I looked like Aaron Burnett from CNN, which I don't see at all. Oh, I think but I used to get that a lot. Yeah, I used to get that a lot. There. Mm -hmm. I yep. do. I do. I have twins out there everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, people, I think you're getting a little bit of a reputation in, in the Capitol as a okay. tough-nosed, take-no-nonsense. Mm. By the way, you kill it on Twitter. I was looking at some of your, like I'm, not on, I'm not on Twitter. Oh, really? I, why? No, you know why? Because it's like, it's like drinking out of a mental fire hose. <laughs> it is just too much information for me. Yeah. Um, and if I try to... Um, taking information because the information comes in so fast. Mm -hmm. I don't think my synapses can just manage it. And well, I like it because I, you know, it can kind of consolidate all of the different news sources on one site. That's why I like it, especially for the Capitol. I mean, honestly, half the time we find out things that are going on from Twitter rather than from, you know, people inside the Capitol. So for me, it's kind of helpful to know what's coming. Other than that, it's kind of a boneyard of angry souls. I agree. Yeah, and, yeah, it really is. You know, well, I feel, it can be ugly. I feel Facebook is kind of a boneyard of ugly souls with yeah. no redeeming value. 
because people can talk longer on Facebook. <laughs> At least Twitter limits you. You can go on and on on Facebook. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. That's why I like Instagram because Instagram is really just pictures and, you oh know, God. that's generally pretty happy stuff, right? Instagram is the only one that I'm on. And I yeah. do feel guilty about it because it's owned by Facebook and I think they're yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who used to work for Facebook, and he agrees with you. He does. All right. I yeah, big time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I do. Well, I, I agree with your your friend and I yeah. are, are kindred souls on that. Um, so, but you are killing it. So, how did you how did you get around to that whole like you know hot Twitter game? Mm -hmm. And I mean, because I was reading something that you said to a legislator the other day, and like I still have he started it. I still have smoke coming off of my screen. He started it. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, I started on Twitter once I got into elected office, obviously. And I don't know, it just kind of grew. I mean, I, because I see a lot of people in politics who use it for like informational government speak type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't really use it for that solely. Um, I use it, sometimes I just put out my own thoughts, sometimes I put out, you know, informational stuff, um, but I just, you know, try to be me, and I think people like that, they just, yeah. you know, they don't want the political kind of jargon, yeah. they just want to see that, and plus, I think people have realized it's me who's tweeting, not a staff member, because I know a lot of politicians, they have a staff member doing, I don't, I, I want control over it, if somebody's going to say something stupid on social media, my account, it's going to be me that way. <laughs> like I'm the that. only one I can blame, <laughs> you know, like I don't have to get mad at anybody else, just myself. <laughs> and it has happened, but you know, so yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, it's funny though, because a lot of, I mean, you get a lot of trolls on there. You get a lot of people who just say ugly things. And so I tend to not look at the notifications as much um, just because, you know, it's kind of a waste of time to have the same person saying the same ugly things at you. But I like getting it out there. I think obviously people, like it because they keep following me yeah and you keep killing them um that was again i'm not going to mention that the legislator but that was that well, was a kill that was a kill like you got that yeah. one on the side of your airplane with a little mm -hmm. red x through it so well well done. and i i don't like i don't honestly think it's very professional to engage with your colleagues on social media so i don't do that it just so happens this particular person kept coming after me and so, you know, I say, like, okay, well, I'll respond. But generally, I just think that's poor form. You know, if you can, we all have each other's cell phone numbers and email. You can talk to people instead of playing this game on Twitter. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You have to pull the gun out the holster sometimes. You have to. You have to. And like he backed off. So. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed <laughs> it went quiet. He uh, went quiet. Quiet yeah. right after that. Um, mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are, you know, oh, Senator Melendez, you know, um, she's, she's so, I don't know. How would you think your, your, your folks characterize you, your colleagues? Okay, mm. well, first of all, how do you think the Democrats characterize you? Um, well, probably with some words that I shouldn't say on air. <laughs> so I won't do that. Okay. Um, you know, I'm intense. I mean, I believe in what I believe in and I don't. I'm not squishy about it and I'm not shy about it and I don't apologize for it. And I don't try to, you know, take one position one day and another person, another position the next day. So I think they would probably agree with that, that they know where I'm coming from, but, um, yeah. you know, they might think I'm a little, 
I don't know, what's the word? Um, Let's go through them all. Aggressive? <laughs> no, but... Shall we say aggressive? <laughs> I think regardless of one's party, they have to mm -hmm. respect that yeah. you are in a distinct minority, mm -hmm. but you're going to play the rules that are before mm -hmm. you, right? Like, you didn't write the rules, but you're going to use them. And yeah. if someone hands you a stick, you know, you're going to try to beat somebody with it. Because given the numbers of your party, you got to do what you got to do. And um, I, I think that they have to respect that, right? And here's why yeah. I think you're like that. So I've done a little backgrounding on you because I've always, you know, I've, you know, I've always liked you. And so, I've done backgrounding on you too, by the way. So, <laughs> so watch what you say. <laughs> so here, here's, here's my deal. It's because you're from Youngstown, Ohio. Mm. And I don't think people understand Youngstown, Ohio. I mean, that is a dirty, gritty, mm -hmm. hard ass city. Um, yep. I mean, honestly, it is often up, uh, you know, listed as one of the toughest and I mean, more crime ridden towns, but even right. before it became crime ridden, it was just a big shouldered town where people didn't brook. Um, mm -hmm. It was a steel working town, right? A mm -hmm. rubber making town, tires. Mm -hmm. um, and um, <laughs> And so I think that's your background, right? I mean, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about you growing up in Youngstown and how that was? Well, yeah, I mean, Youngstown, my, both of my parents worked in a steel mill. My uncle, but actually my uncle, both of my grandparents or grandfathers, I should say, worked in a steel mill. That's where the work was, you know, it was good, good work, especially like after coming home from the war, um, it was a good steady paying job and it was, there, there were plenty of them. But yeah, you're right. They don't take any BS from anyone. That's for sure. And that's kind of how I grew up. But you know, I also grew up with, I only had one brother um, who was two years older than I am. And I thank my brother to this day for being so tough on me because he, he was bigger than I, well, most people are bigger than I am, let's <laughs> face it. But you know, he was, he's like six feet tall. Um, I'm five foot two. And he, my brother taught me how to take the punch, but more importantly, he taught me how to throw one because <laughs> he was always wailing on me, you know? So, and that was kind of the neighborhood kids were, it was kind of rough and tumble. Um, but, you know, I think that kind of helped me later in life, but well, particularly where I am now, not that I have to throw any punches. I'm just right. saying mental attitude wise, you know, you gotta, you gotta be tough because I mean, let's face it in this business, you know, people are ugly. I mean, they will say the worst things about you and you, you don't have thick skin, man, you are toast. You are done. You'll be in tears every night. And, you know, you just kind of have to be the type of person that says, eh, what else you have? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm a big believer in that too. Mm -hmm. um, I, you, you and I probably share that trait where, you know, people are going to say stuff, but mm -hmm. people always say stuff. And right after they talk about you, they're like, mm, and where am I going to eat? <laughs> Right? right? So it's all ephemeral. Yeah. Okay. They're going to yeah. say the worst stuff they can ever say about me, but then they just go on to their next thing. And that's how mm -hmm. you have to take it. You're like, yeah. It's Until they need something. Right. <laughs> Until they need something. Yeah. And I mean, that's how back. it is. It's a, yeah, it really is. I, you know, it's never bothered me. Um, I, I just, I don't care. What's that? I, who was it? Um, was it Madeline? I don't remember who said it. Maybe it's Coco Chanel. I don't know. Some quote that says, you know, your opinion of me is none of my business. That's kind of the attitude I take. I just, I don't care. I like that. Totally. <laughs> I just don't care. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the school of stoicism, uh, Marcus Aurelius, and it's all about mm -hmm. that, right? It's all about yep. people's words have no effect on how you live your life. And if you allow it to, then you know what? That's on you. 
Um, you just well, you're miserable if you let, I mean, my God, if you let everybody, what everybody thinks about you, good Lord. Yeah. I just don't know how you can even be you, you know, if you're always trying to be the person that this one wants and that one wants, it's just, it's not worth it. I like me. I'm going to stay being me. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a good job at you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, That's all I know how to do. So um, your area is, you know, I think if we're going to look at the political makeup of California, I think your area is one of the, maybe one of the stronger bastions of the party of the Republican party in California. Mm-hmm. Um, how does, do you see the party coming back and like, what does it have to do to come back mm. outside of, outside of the Riverside area and yeah. some of the other, you know, Central Valley and those areas? I get that question all the time. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, what's the, send it? <laughs> well, but I mean, like, what's the breaking point? I don't know. Yeah. I really don't because I get emails every week from Democrats and Republicans, and they're all kind of equally ticked off about what's going on as far as like the cost of living. Um, They're very upset about what's going on with law enforcement. So probably even people who maybe weren't the biggest law enforcement supporters are now looking at it going, hmm, that, that writing and stuff might come to our city, and I'm not really down with that. So they're starting to pay attention, but I don't know what's going to take for this state to turn around because the media does a very good job of painting Republicans as, you know, racist and everything else, which is nonsense. And, you know, when you've got the media stacked against you, it's hard to change people's minds because they are forming people's opinions. So the only thing I can say is Republicans have to get out there and, you know, like when you campaign, campaign, let people talk to you, be honest. And then once you get elected, get back out in your community. I mean, that's why I do, I've been doing town halls since I got elected every month. And I thought in the beginning, ah, nobody's going to come or it'll kind of wane, you know, and the, but it doesn't, it's like more and more people come every month because they just want to talk to the representative. And, you know, we disagree certainly. And cause it's a mixed bag as far as the audience. Um, but I just think they respect the fact that I'm out there and I'm, and I'm, you know, answering their questions. Cause it's not, you know, we don't pre-plan questions. They just throw them out from the audience. I think people respect that. Um, but my district is, my assembly district was, you know, very, very conservative, but the Senate district is really like a third Republican, a third Democrat and a okay. third um, uh, no party preference. So you go down so, to Coachella? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So yeah, you do. All the way it's through not, there. It is not as strong as. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's not. So, and you know, I won by like 11 points. So, okay. um, yeah, that should say something. I know maybe people are ready to turn. We'll see in November. I know I say that every election year and it yeah. never happens. Well, I don't, I don't think happens. a strong um, minority party is a bad thing for either the state or the country. I think it's good just for government. I think it's good for people. Um, you have to mm-hmm. have a loyal a loyal opposition um, to keep the yeah. majority party right in check. I think you do. And, and by in check, I don't mean stop what they're doing. By in check, I mean mm-hmm. make them play above the table and make sure that everything they want is going, you know, um, the way it should, the process is followed. So regardless of what party is in the majority, I think the min- minority party should always be at least large enough to, to perform that function. And I get concerned mm-hmm. when I see either states or countries where that isn't necessarily happening. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, it'd be nice to have a little more balance mm-hmm. in the capital. Um, 
but I, you know, we'll see what happens after November, but it's, you know, it's harder when there's a super majority because it, I mean, it really becomes difficult for Republicans to stop things other than partnering with our moderate, moderate Democrats. Um, it's, it's not easy though. So yeah, more of a balance would be helpful because then you figure, you know, you get a little of what you want. I get a little of what I want. We don't get everything we want. And in the end, I think that makes for pretty good policy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's agree. not really how it's working right now. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's not. So how did you, I, I know I skipped over Youngstown real quick, but mm-hmm. how did a Youngstown young woman who ain't afraid to scrap and throw, what are you, righty, lefty? You throw a right hook? A I'm a righty. I'm a righty. Throws a right hook. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you that. I should, I should not put that out there, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to I'm ambidextrous, David. I can throw a punch with any hand, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. How how did you get out here? How did you get to Temecula? How'd that story mm. happen? Or, or I'm sorry, Lake Elsinore. Lake Elsinore. Well, so um, I was in the Navy and then got out of the Navy. My husband is from born and raised in Orange County and all the family was out here. So we were living in the DC area. But then once we started having kids, you know, we said, oh, you know, we, we want them to know their family. So we had an opportunity to move out here. Um, my husband worked for um, Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. So we moved out here so we could be near grandma and grandpa and the cousins and the aunts. Um, And then I was finishing up my MBA and my husband and my father-in-law, these guys, I blame them. They came to me and said, hey, um, there is an open seat on your city council and you should run for it. Elsinore, Lake Elsinore? Yeah, Lake Elsinore. I was like, why would I do that? but then, you know, we talked about it and I looked at the makeup of the council and said, oh, you know, everybody up there is like retired and their kids are all out of the house. And I don't think they're going through the same things I am because I was raising five kids. Um, so I said, ah, all right, OK, I'll do it and won. And then like halfway through my council term, I was asked to run for the assembly seat because my assemblyman was termed out. Um, and again, I was like, why would I do that? Um, so you're, before did, this, you were just kind of, I, I don't mean this in a pejorative way, but you were mm-hmm. just like a housewife earning your MBA? No, I actually had mom. my own, well, oh, yeah, I had my own business. Yeah, I had my own business. Transcription? So, yeah, yeah, I had contracts with um, Defense Department and things like that, but, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you look and you go, well, I'm raising kids here, and I would like to have a say in what our community looks like and, and our state, so believe me there was never I never in a million years would have dreamed that I would be in this in the state legislature not in a million years in fact sometimes I still go "Ah, how did this happen you know it's it's very strange because I don't see myself as I don't know I I think I'm like most people um when they think of elected officials they kind of I don't know they have this strange sort of idea of what they're like that they're all um, highly educated. These are all professional people. Oh, These are all people who are very poised and, right. and that is not even close to being the truth. <laughs> not even close. Believe me. Um, so it just kind of makes me laugh some days when I think about the fact that I'm in the state Senate, but you know, it's just about representing your, yeah. your people. I mean, they want a voice. So, yeah. and, I think, and I think you do. I think, uh, I think yeah. one can say, Hey, you represent your district, man. You represent the voters mm-hmm. that put you there. Let's put it that way. Yep. Um, they deserve to be heard, you know. I mean, I, I I just remember I before I ever ran even for city council, I'd never met like any elected official that represented my area. Before you ran never. for city council? 
never, never met, met him. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Could you have named And him? I always thought that was weird. Um, I could name him, but you know, I would get their mail. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I get your picture on a mailer, but who are you? You know? So that's one of the reasons why I said, I'm going to make sure I'm out there. And at least people like, well, you know, will recognize me when they mm-hmm. see me out because you should know who your representatives are. It's not, you know, it's, it's a relatively small area if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool, you know, to go, like when you go to the grocery store or out to eat, you know, people know who you are and they're not afraid to come up and say hi. And I like that. That's kind of cool. So you came out here, but I think you missed over a big part, man. You were mm. in Desert Storm because I was in Desert Storm. Yeah. And yeah, I did. That's right. I did ten years in the military. I did five active and five reserves. But we both kind of we we both we did very different things, but similar in the sense that I flew. Also, I was a medevac mm-hmm. crew. I was mm-hmm. an EMT in the back of a plane. And so when I was in the reserves, it was kind of different because it wasn't like one week in a month. It was, they had a schedule to fill out and you could Mm -hmm. pretty much work as much as you wanted to work in the reserves. Mm -hmm. It was one of those deals. But then one morning I got a call and it said, we are calling on behalf of the president of the United States and you have been deployed. You have 48 hours to pack up and go to Travis Air Force Base. You're going to be deployed for Operation Desert Shield. And I was like, oh my God. I thought this was just wait, 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 wait. Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is not what I signed up for. No, yeah. that was like, this is not what I signed up for. I was enjoying going to Hawaii, partying, uh-huh. coming back, get my per diem. Right. Yep. Um, and that was such, you know, in in there were two things. One, that was like the biggest bucket of ice water I've ever had on me in my life. <laughs> But it also allowed me to turn around because oh, I was okay. like, I need to get my life in order because obviously right. this ain't working. <laughs> um, so I, I jumped out. But for me, and I want to ask you about you, but for me, Desert, Desert Shield, um, Desert Storm, it turned into just a big shopping trip because yeah. I, got, I got deployed to England. And we, we oh, that's terrible. I know, I know. Gosh. So we got out there and we set up this huge hangar at some semi abandoned military. Um, English okay. military base, RAF base. And we had like 400 hospital beds that we had to set up, right? Because we were expecting mm-hmm. all of these, all these folks. Oh, right. All the casualties. Did you go to France? I didn't go to France, man. What? No. What? Oh, no. oh my God. Are you kidding me? I was enlisted. Oh my God. I could barely afford to go to London. Did you just get on the train and go to France? Oh my oh, gosh. No. Wow. So oh, bad. But it was, but I See, I didn't. Uh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wasn't in, in Europe anywhere. I was in the Far East. So, I mean, you know, we figure we're tracking Russia. So we did a lot of Far East trips. I mean, Korea and other places that I'm not going to mention. You're not, you can't um, say. Japan. Um, Diego Garcia was fun. That was actually fun. Guam, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I never got to Europe on the military side. I did on a personal side, which was awesome. I can't believe you didn't get to France. Oh my gosh. No, no. I was a poor little enlisted dude. And it was really (laughs) tricky because, because the pound Mm. was the way the exchange rate was. So if I bought a pizza Mm -hmm. over there, it would, it would be like 14 pounds and you're like, Oh, okay. That's nothing. Right. Well, you're like $14. Right. It looks the same. Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was two to one, so that pizza was actually twenty eight dollars. Wow! Um, the way the the wow. way the exchange rate went there, so I like went broke. I remember. Yeah. I bought, well, that's 
Huh? That's expensive. That's how it was when I was in Japan. The exchange rate was terrible. I mean, a, a beer was costing you like $12. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was expensive. Realize. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so, so you came here, um, got elected, you got here. Can you help me understand something? Sure. What is happening with the employment uh, development department? Uh, so I see you uh, on, on yeah. your mad Twitter game and I see like, uh, Senator Wilk, I see Senator Chang, Senator mm -hmm. Grove, and, and actually by even David Chu, yes, you know, David Chu, he's, yes, yeah, it really is, yeah. What's can you walk me through that? Because I haven't been paying enough attention to it. So, yeah. like, how bad is this situation with EDD, and really what does bad. it mean for me as a taxpayer? Because, <laughs> well, unless you're going to go on unemployment, then you're fine, but I mean. EDD, you know, they're used to handling a certain number of cases every month. Um, but then we had this pandemic and they shut the state down and everybody was applying for unemployment and they didn't have the people, they didn't have the, the proper software, they just didn't have anything. And they got caught flat footed. But now, you know, we're six months into it and they're just now fixing the problem. But I mean, you've got 1.6 million of a backlog of cases. 1.6 million people who still are waiting to have still in the queue. Oh. So, you know, you can only hire so many people. You do have to train these people. It's not like you can hire, you know, anybody off of the street. Um, so I think they ramped up. I think they've got like 500 like call center employees, but it's not enough because even the report that they did, they said, so of the two call centers, the one of one call center was, one in 1,000 people who called them had a chance of getting through on a daily basis. One in 1,000. So, yeah, it's, it's a mess. So now, you know, they sent a strike team in there to figure out what the problem was. They have this 109-page report. They made a bunch of recommendations, which are good recommendations. Um, it's just how long is it going to take them, you know, to get everything done? Because they're saying they won't clear the backlog until January, which, you know, if you've been out of work since March or you, you, know, you just need that money, it's, they're pissed off and I, I don't blame them. So they got a lot of work to do, but I don't know, you know, the governor keeps kind of sidestepping it. He doesn't yeah. really want to talk about it. And that's frustrating. Um, yeah. I, I've actually seen some of the mainstream media press, mm -hmm. um, like Gil Duran, I think had a really good piece mm -hmm. where they're, you know, they're calling out the, the administration on how this is being handled. And, and so it is, it seems to be a bipartisan concern. It's not just, you know, oh, there goes those guys again. It seems like, you know, you're right. David Chu has said some mm -hmm. really good things about this. Um, what is, where does fraud play into this? Is fraud a Well, that's interesting because, you know, we, we really think that this is like big organized crime ring that's gotten involved here. This isn't just, you know, a couple people who figured out how to game the system. This is something much bigger that they are going to have to get probably federal law enforcement and obviously state law enforcement involved in because there's no way what's going on is just a few people doing it. I mean, I've got people, it's the weirdest thing. People are getting mail from EDD like on a daily basis. And the one guy, I, one of my constituents, he got 49 pieces of mail from EDD yeah. in one day. And they were all for, you know, essentially different people. He doesn't know them. They've never lived in his house. He has no idea who they are. And then we've had people, who said they've gotten these, you know, letters from EDD, and then some stranger shows up at their door and says, "Oh, I live a few streets over, and I'm missing some mail. Do you mind if I look through yours to see if oh it's in there?" God. Yeah, yeah, it's 
it's it's bad. So something big is going on. It's not just in California. I think this is nationwide. Um, but you know, if you have certain software in there, which the private sector uses on a regular basis, you you can get software to to keep this sort of thing from happening to a certain extent. I don't think we have that software. I think that's what they're in the process of installing. But you know, like I said, six months into it, I don't know how many billions of dollars we've lost that have uh -huh. gone out in fraud. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, you've got people who haven't been paid since March. Okay. So okay. So there are only. legitimate people who are suffering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because of this fraud. Yeah. Well, especially in if you look at the, the, yeah, like the sectors who like the salons, you know, places like that, mm -hmm. who just mm -hmm. recently were allowed to reopen. I mean, they right. were out of work legit for, for five months. Mm -hmm. They had nothing. Are the nail people so. still shut down? The, um, the I think they're allowed to open now. Um, you know, they have certain protocols, but I think they're allowed to open okay. now. It's just, but it's just like with the restaurants, you know, some of them, they say you can open up at what is yeah, yeah. It's like it, it, you don't even break even at 25%. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're all packed into, you know, the local supermarket or target okay. or whatever. And, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah. I need my nails done. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I need my nails done, David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, just gonna say it. So, all right. So, the last time I saw you on Zoom, I'm gonna bring this mm. up. I gotta go there. What did I do? Yeah, I mean, because uh, last time I saw you on Zoom, <laughs> yeah, I think you, uh, I think you were saying something. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the quote. What did you say? It sounded like I, I said this is, <laughs> yeah, I said that. <laughs> so, I did. Was that yep. an accident? Was that was that real? Well, you know, they were controlling our audio, so they had switched from me. You know, the camera view was no longer on me, so we thought they had switched from me. Turns mm -hmm. out they didn't. So yeah, I had my. Although I think in the grand scheme of hot mic moments, mine was probably pretty tame compared yeah, to pretty, others. That was yeah. pretty tame. My favorite, yeah. actually, my favorite part of that was not what you said. Um, not to take away from you, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Um, but my favorite part of that was when they cut the Shannon Grove immediately after that. <laughs> she didn't miss a beat. <laughs> she didn't miss a beat. That was great. I know. My favorite part was the exasperated sigh right before I said it because I didn't realize I did that. I was like, Oh, did you? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm the king of size. Yeah. How did I miss that? Oh, it was so funny. I thought, oh God. Yeah, it was just very frustrating. You know, that, I mean, they should have never kicked us out. Sorry. They just, it, this is basically what happened. We had one person who, so this was, let's see, Wednesday. Um, Wednesday morning, they said, uh, guess what? Brian Jones tested positive for COVID. He'd got tested the day before because we, they offered us testing. Um, starting on Sunday and then they did it on Tuesday. This is sort of the last week's session. And so people who wanted to get tested just to make sure, they're like, okay. So Brian said, oh, fine, I'll do it. So he tests positive. So Wednesday morning we find out, well, then all hell breaks loose. And then they just decide, okay, all the Republicans have to, you know, stay out of the building. They didn't ask anybody, well, who were you around? How close were you? How long were you around? Nothing. Nobody ever, ever called me. So they tossed us out of the building and then said, okay, you have to participate remotely, um, which presents its own problems. I will say this though, the technology, we didn't have any glitches in the technology, which was what? kind of surprising. Hold it a second. I thought I kept hearing what? you guys saying, is this working? Is this working? I don't understand. Well, again. that's because the people don't know how to unmute and mute themselves. Oh. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't, yeah, so no, that wasn't a technology error. Yeah. Where were you? But I, I was at home. So you were down yep. in 
Yep. I went home. Riverside yep. County. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was interesting, man. As a lobbyist, um, mm -hmm. to watch it's that. bizarre. It was very bizarre. But again, like the, the technology worked just fine. It was just, mm -hmm. you know, when you're there in person, you can throw your mic up and be recognized. When you're on Zoom, you got to hit the button that raises your hand and wait to be called on. And, you know, it's, it, it worked as well as, as it could, but it definitely, I mean, there was definitely something missing from that last night of session or really the last week of so, having us all not be there. So Cause you can't even have any sidebar conversations. No, that's the hard, you, you know, part, like, right. right. You talk on the floor and you kind of work some things out. You, you, you can't do that. Yeah. So. That, that was, I can imagine as a legislator, that was the hardest part is walking to somebody's yeah. desk and, mm -hmm. and even trying to work their votes on your bill. Right. Right. Can't do and, it. You can't do that. You could do it by text, I guess, but that's not quite the same as, yeah. you know, a face-to-face, -face, so. No, and actually, that's, so, probably, that's the hardest part of lobbying, too, right now, is that. Face yeah, you got, that's right. And you guys couldn't get in there either, so mm -hmm. it's like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just, I'll tell you what, I'm normally not a New Year's Eve celebration kind of person, but this year, I'm celebrating, because <laughs> I can't wait for this year to be over. Oh, my God. This has been the worst year. Seriously, it's yeah. just. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> it been the worst year. And I it think really has. what's pretty interesting is that it, it has been the worst year and like that happened in the middle of it, right? Mm -hmm. This last night of session happened and most people don't even know about it. So like people in politics, it's been the worst year. Plus we had that. <laughs> um, right. So many bills. Have you had any response? Because, you know, a lot of bills, a lot of bills mm -hmm. um, didn't pass. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people... Um, in and you know, legislators, others have said, "Oh, it's because of those damn Republicans because they smashed, they they jammed up the process." Have you have you received any feedback on anything like that or no? No, but you know, David, given how you um, portrayed my persona at the beginning of this conversation, it's not any wonder why no one has approached me about that sort of thing. <laughs> they may have approached others, but haven't approached me. But uh, no, that wasn't our fault. I mean, like yeah. that was a. That was a time management issue on the other side right. of the aisle, to be honest with you. And, you know, like the, the pro Tems bill, well, the assembly sent it over to us at 1157. 1157. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that kind of sends a message, don't you think? So yeah. that didn't have anything to do with the Republicans. That was, again, you know, if we hadn't been kicked out of the building, things probably would have went a little more smoothly, but they decided to shut us out. So next year we'll be, Hopefully better. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Hey, so, you know, one of the things I've always liked about you, and I, because I know we're going to be wrapping this up, but is that when my party comes up, when the back to session bash comes up, um, I can always count on two people who are going to like <laughs> start heckling me like three months before it happens. And they're like, we thought oh, you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's the entertainment? Who you got? Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to know. Yep. Have you mm -hmm. thought of that? And it's always you and Ben Allen. You and Ben Allen. Really? Ben Allen? Yeah, oh my ben gosh, Allen's funny. A huge I had no man. idea. Really? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Although oh. I would have never guessed that Kevin Mullen was a DJ. I that know. Totally threw me. I, I was like, Kevin Mullen? I mean, that's going on. Yeah, that's that was a surprise for yeah. me. So who saw that yeah. one come in? I I did not. I mean, he's so like mild mannered and kind of chill. 
I just, it's a trip. I want to see him DJing one day just to see the other side of Kevin Mullen. Yeah. Cause he's a cool dude. I really like him. He's but, one of my favorite people. But Ben Allen is a huge hip hop guy. I mean, this guy. <laughs> That's I, funny. You know, I'm going to say this on the record in Ben, you know, and I'll tell Ben to listen to it. <laughs> ben, stop it. Like, I can't have these guys you want on. He always brings up these guys who've had like one hit and are, oh, yeah. you know what I mean, have disappeared from the face of the earth. Like, hey, I know, you should have Paperboy. He has that song, Giddy. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> the one hit wonders of the 80s. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. it doesn't work. He, he watched too much MTV. That's his problem. Yeah, that's yeah he watched too much of that. That's his like window. But you're not too far behind, Melissa. You, you kind of get well, those same like little... Uh, I know, I do. I, I have always listened to music, like ever since I was a kid, I listened to music doing my homework, going to bed, all, all the time listening to music. It, but in our house, it's funny because like me and my kids, we all know the music. My husband, he's, he's all 80s all day, all the time. So when some of the song comes on, he's like, how do you know that? Well, honey, it's because I've entered the new millennium. That's yeah. why. So, yeah. Yeah. Join us, please. Yeah. I have, a, I have a, do you remember Mike Gatto? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, you never know in politics, right? How quickly we forget. Um, no, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mike Gatto had this theory he told me, and he's like, David, he's like, whenever you meet a dude, ask him what year he graduated from high school, and mm -hmm. that's when his music choices ended. Like, uh, so he's like, you know, I he graduated '92. He's like, I'm Pearl Jam, I'm Nirvana, okay. and he's okay. like, dudes, their music, their music hmm. tastes always end. In their high school. In high school. Really? Yeah, huh. that's his theory. And I like interesting. It. It's not that bad. I think it's you know, really? there are people like myself who are different. Mm -hmm. I think I, for whatever reason, his theory didn't apply to women. It always applied to dudes. Um, We're far more open-minded, David. That's yeah. <laughs> far more open-minded, yeah. <laughs> so you, so hip-hop, though. How did you get into oh, that? Oh, I love hip-hop. I just, I don't know. I mean, I listen to all kinds of music. Although I don't listen. I never really listen to Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Like, I never was really into no? that. It was too angry for me. I don't know. It's too, yeah, it's too angry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but everything else, like, I love country. I love hip-hop. I love all that stuff. I do. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the people who only listen to, like, the hard rock screaming no. and yell I don't want to be yelled at I don't like to be yelled at you get you, you get that so, enough yeah um, exactly thank you <laughs> I want to be serenaded okay yeah yeah by uh whatever the the country guy of the month is <gasps> you um, don't listen to country really I, you know what I only listen to old-time country I well no that's the best country yeah, yeah the new stuff I, meh. yeah but yeah, like yeah. the old Merle Haggard and Correct. Travis Tritt. Yeah, and David Allen yeah. Coe, those yep. guys. Yeah, Alan uh, Jackson and all those guys. Yeah, there are some good. new guys that do sound kind of country or who do yeah. sound old country. You got to find them. Yeah, um, but it's not, not many. Not many. Uh -uh. Not nope, many. But I cannot They're... listen to these like dime, you know, a dozen new yeah, country no. guys that come and go. I usually, I don't even listen like to the new country station because it's all, it mm -hmm. doesn't sound like country to me. It's all disposable. I'm old school. Yeah, yeah I'm all old school. All about right. it. Take me back right. to Merle Haggard days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melissa, this has been incredibly fun, as always, is with you. Thank you. And um, let me know if you're going to run for lieutenant governor. Well, I have a committee open. I've heard. I've heard. Mm -hmm. I have a committee open. <laughs> Any comment on that? or? Um, I have a committee well, open. Well, I have a committee open. <laughs> and I generally, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So we'll see. All right.
we'll leave it at that. And the okay. other takeaway is mm-hmm. if you're ever in a fight with Melissa, it's the right. <laughs> your eye on that right. Thanks a lot, David. Thanks a lot <laughs> for outing me. Now I get to train with my left hand. Yeah, you're good to go. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. It was good talking with you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh